This is The Real Money Show, and welcome to the show. The number you need to know to contact to invest, one 877 214 at or on iTunes as well. A full hour of knowledge that you need to know about gold and silver bullion and natural fancy colored diamonds, Guildhall Diamonds. And in the show today, back by popular demand, Darren Long is here. we got to have Jeremy Weissman, Vice President and President Paul Weissman as well. And uh, guys, welcome back. Welcome to the show. Want to mention, though, first off the top, a little later in the show, he's, uh, we mentioned this last week uh, before we closed that uh, Gerald Salente, special guest, is going to be on the show. Uh, founder of the Trends Research Institute back in 1980. Gerald is a, a pioneer trend strategist. He's author of national bestsellers, Trends 2000, uh, Trend Tracking. That's on Warner Books. And he is, uh, he is truly the, uh, the martial artist of trend forecasting. You're looking forward to that a little later on, right? Hey, it's really, really exciting. Good to, to have Gerald aboard. And he definitely is somebody that does support what we're doing and uh, definitely somebody that is in the industry, a very well-respected name. He's also author of the Trends Journal, which is something that is a very well-known world over a report that is put out quarterly uh, and published and edited by himself. So we'll get through that during the show. Now, this week was a uh, rather flat week in both gold and silver. Last week trading at around 1325 for an ounce of gold. This week trading at around uh, 1310 to 1320. So really a flat week, week over. Good buying opportunities, maintained good buy support in that range. Silver, last week talking to you at the show, Jeremy uh, did the show with uh, Paul. It was around $22 an ounce. Now sitting at around 2180. So again, fairly flat on the week. And again, we saw strong support for both metals uh, in terms of buying. One uh, little opportunity this week in which we saw the price dip midweek and again bought up very quickly by most uh, people waiting on the sidelines. Now retests of the lower levels back down to 18 in silver is not something we expect but as Jeremy said on the show last week and he was right by the way so it was a great great call Jeremy. Thank you. And uh, we do expect the price to fluctuate and continue to fluctuate here in this zone but we are and we do continually see strong support for both gold and silver. Now, if silver crosses above $25 an ounce or gold above $1,400 an ounce, expect a move upwards and expect that move to be extended. We are going to catch some wind here sooner or later, and I believe this wind sets the sail, takes us across the sea towards Christmas, where, we good, uh, where we'll get a good pricing break there and opportunities to rejoin. And also, this is the bigger trend, which we believe is developing into the spring of next year. What is going on in the U.S., Darren? A, a government shutdown. How scary is that happening this week as well, right? Well, it hasn't happened in 17 years. Right. I mean, it's something that is definitely on uh, uh, everybody's mind, especially if you live in the U.S. It's not something that I think many people know too much about and understand. Uh, there are complexities involved in this, and although they are shut down theoretically, uh, it is really only impacting right now much of the federal uh, end of things from national parks and national federal programs of that nature. But uh, the workers themselves, not at work. I mean, they're trying to sort it out. I mean, Obama, everybody from the Republicans the and the Congressmen Democrats. The congressmen and the senators, they're getting paid. They will right. get paid. I mean, they'll, they'll, make, they'll do what they did 17 years ago, which was create a, a bill which will, will see them through to the days that they didn't get paid. But this is an uncertain time for the markets. Yeah, I think uh, there was a great article that came out this week just showing the shutdown and and how many uh, agencies and people are still actually working. So it's a bit of a paper tiger in that respect in terms of the threat of what the shutdown actually means because so many things are considered uh, integral and important that pretty much everyone's still working in the government and the government employs so many people. 
I think what they'll find is that they don't need as much government, which is a yeah, kind of refreshing right. fact. But um, two weeks uh, from now, the government is uh, at a much more crucial turning point, a crossroads, if you will, than where they are with this shutdown. I assume they're going to get through this shutdown. They'll figure it out. Much of it has to do with the fact that neither side can come to a conclusion on what budget cuts should be presented and offered and uh, signed and sealed. Uh, they are arguing about the health care bill. And again, this is something that will be ongoing. It's very, very difficult to judge right now how that will impact the markets in the broad sense. But the bigger issue here is that in a couple of weeks, they have to decide on the ceiling of debt. Uh, they are approaching that ceiling right now. And it is estimated that within the next two weeks, they will hit that ceiling and they will have to figure out whether or not to increase the debt ceiling, in which case I think everybody at this panel thinks that that is the case and will happen or not to. And if they don't, goodness gracious, I don't know what will happen, but I know that either way, the prices of gold and silver love these types of events and they will go higher because of it. We put out an article uh, this week in our Precious Metal Advisor where we kind of put the, the reader in the shoes of, of bankers and what they got away with with subprime. And you could imagine, uh, you know, with the debt ceiling, could you imagine calling your credit card company and saying, so I know you've raised my limit over and over and over again. And while I don't have a job, things are getting better. Can we raise it a little bit more? That sort of encompasses what the situation is in, this, in the United States. So it, it's not good. They're, they're, it's pay me now or pay me later. This is a big can they're kicking down the road. And this is why we think it's such a great opportunity to be looking at hard assets uh, to, to protect against this because printing money, creating more debt is not a way of creating value, but certainly storing your value in hard assets like gold, silver, or diamonds can do that. And again, if you look at the markets in the broad sense, what you're experiencing right now is nothing short of a complete turnaround or reversal from just a few weeks ago. We were looking at stock markets and the financial media, uh, certainly not friends of mine or anybody on this panel, but they were touting the success of the recent stock market gains and the fact that the the Dow had reached and stayed above consistently 15,000. And of course, that has all come to an end as of the end of this week. In fact, the Dow fell below. 15,000. And of course, it's had, I think, about six of the last eight days are losing days on the on the Dow there. But the reality is, we've been coming to you and telling you that you have to look behind the headlines and the importance of that and how essential it is and crucial for people to understand that if you don't delve behind the headlines, you won't understand the reasons why owning hard assets like gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds are important for your portfolio. Case in point, just three, four weeks ago, wasn't everybody touting that the jobs outlook was looking really rosy in the U.S.? And in fact, the housing market was making a rebound. Those are two huge markets. Markets and of course, big economic indicators. Yet, if you look ahead to what's happening, that's not the case at all. And in fact, the headlines may say one thing, but the true story is saying another. Now, if you look at uh, one article in particular this week, and I think I left it on the uh, on the sheet there, John, that we were going to talk about. It's by a man named Paul Craig Roberts, and it was yeah. in Gerald Salente's Trend uh, Journal from uh, the summer quarter. And it was an incredible, credible uh, article that was titled Lies, Damn Lies and Government Lies, Mm -hmm. despite what we're told, an economic crisis still looms. And it was mentioning some of the facts that uh, were certainly 
100% completely different than what the financial media was telling us. And in fact, it says uh, gross domestic product. GDP represents the total dollar value of all goods and services produced, essentially the size of the economy. For example, if the year-to-year GDP is up 3%, this is thought to mean that the economy is growing by 3%. Now, he's saying that the official recovery in real GDP has been achieved by deflating nominal GDP with a measure that underestimates inflation. And we've talked about this on the show until people are blue, until we're blue in the face. The importance of understanding that inflation is here. It has set in. And when numbers get skewed and swept under the rug, we don't get a true inflation reading. We cannot understand the importance of that. And as a result, Maybe some people are a little bit misguided as to where the price of silver and gold should be right now. Yeah, I think one of the things he really points out in terms of how inflation is misrepresented is looking at the CPI. And when what they do is if, let's say, uh, filet mignon is getting too expensive, let's go down to a, a, a lesser cut. And so what it's actually doing is while the CPI isn't moving up, what it's saying is that since things are getting more expensive, so they're replacing it with lower quality, it's actually demonstrating by not moving at all the actual lowering of people's uh, purchasing power. And it's actually showing that people are becoming more low income and that they can't afford what they could have 10 years ago. So, for example, if you're a longtime listener of the show, when Paul talks about what $10,000 could have bought you 10 years ago versus what it could buy today, it's showing you that inflation creeps in, whether it's in higher cost in insurance, higher cost in gas, higher cost in food. You know, the CPI numbers might say, nope. 2%, 1%, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, everything's costing a lot more. So you're either getting ahead of that, which you don't know what the number is, so you're you're in the dark, or you're falling behind. And again, this is why we feel when you look at the track record of, of gold and silver specifically over the last 10 years, you can see that they've done a great job of not only being a hedge against this, but making helping people to prosper. Well, I, you know, just I was going to keep quiet for this whole segment, but it's very tough. We love hearing <laughs> your voice. The, you know, Jeremy brought up the the fact that if you know, I always bring it up on the show. If you took ten thousand dollars, buried in the back garden ten years ago, put it in a coffee can, what would be your buying power today? Seven, eight thousand dollars if you were lucky. If you would have taken the same time, silver was trading at four dollars an ounce, and you would have bought yourself twenty five hundred ounces of silver. Same $10,000. Today, silver's trading around about $22. That 10000 would be worth $55,000. And, and I'd like to ask you a question, which we haven't done Sorry. on this show. What would, a, what would a vivid yellow cost 10 years ago? Well, 10 years ago, you could have bought a vivid for around about $7,500. A one carat. One carat, internally right. flawless. Today, you're looking at anywhere between thirty-five dollars to $40,000. So hard assets like gold, Silver, natural, fancy color diamonds are the way to go. It's been through, we've been through inflation, we've been through depressions, we've been through all types of ups and downs. Yet over the last forty years, diamonds, natural, fancy color diamonds have held their own. They've gone up in price, gone up in value. Gold, silver, over the last ten years, we're still up between three hundred and sixty, four hundred percent. If you were to look uh, back, to, actually in two thousand and eleven, silver hit forty nine dollars. And gold hit nineteen hundred and twenty, nineteen hundred and thirty dollars. Getting back to that twenty five hundred ounces, that twenty five hundred ounces two years ago 
at almost $50 an ounce was worth $125,000 versus the $10,000 that you've had in cash. Today, that $10,000, that $2,500 is worth $55,000. It's still a great investment, and I think there's an unbelievable upside. I'm looking for $55, $60 silver, in my opinion, within the next 12 months. one 877 or guildhallwealth.com to start investing quickly. Uh, Darren, how does a listener get in there right now and open an account with Guildhall? Simple. Call the number, go to the website, and uh, remember, not everybody wins and not everybody loses. There are winners and losers in every game, but the reality is buying gold and silver couldn't be easier. It's in bar form, coin form. You can open up an account. You can use Use some collateral financing, which we'll get into in the second segment. And ultimately, if you are looking and sitting here wondering whether price is right, remember, more people buy at higher prices. They forget the importance of buying when the dips come. This is a dip in the market. Here is where I'd like to be buying the bullion now. Reminder that coming up here in our next segment on the show, The Real Money Show, Gerald Salente. He is the martial arts of trend forecasting. He's written books. He's been on CNN, Oprah, CNBC. He's going to be a special guest on the show. This is information you want to have in your pocket when investing. The numbers to get investing, again, one 1711 or guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show. This is The Real Money Show. The number to call, one 1711 online at guildhallwealth.com. Darren, back in. we got a very special guest on the show today. Gerald Salente is here. Gerald, how are you? It's good to be with you here on the show today. Thanks for taking the time. It's been a while since we've had the opportunity to catch up. The last time we were together was actually the seed event in Vancouver. How have you been? Well, everything's been fine. Uh, I bought some more historic buildings in Colonial Kingston, New York. It was the home of the first American Revolution, and I'd like to see uh, some of the second ones start here. That's fantastic. Well, as you know, we've been doing this Real Money Show for the past four years and uh, bringing the wonderful world of gold and silver bullion ownership to our clients. And our view is very simple. The world is a mess right now, uh, geopolitically, economically, and we need to protect the wealth that we've amassed and ensure it going forward, no matter what the currency might have to uh, be. And to this end, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. You discuss in the recent Trends Journal from the summer sustained coverage of media events and uh, how the media has been guilty of giving a false sense of urgency around a lot of low priority topics. Would you say that it's safe to assume we continue to have the wool pulled over our eyes as to the true extent of weakness that our world economy is currently facing? I've never seen more wool, or as I like to call the media, the prostitutes, because that's all they are. They're just doing the what any good prostitute would do. You give them a couple of bucks and they'll bend over, they'll uh, do anything that they need to do to serve the client. And that's all the media is. Am I making this up? Take a look back here in the States. Uh, Who's uh, the president's press secretary? Huh, James Carney. Where did he come from? Oh, he was with Time Magazine for about 20 years. And you go look at all the people with the revolving door between the press and the government. So, no, they're not going to tell you what's going on. And so what they do is we hear about Trayvon Martin, we hear about uh, Miley Cyrus, we hear about Lindsay Lohan, and we, get the load, we never get the lowdown on what's really going on. All we do is get news to distract us. It's the greatest show on earth. It's a circus. You know, it's great to hear that because when we talk about this, I'm not sure to what extent our listeners really hear what we're saying, but the truth is that uh, this has been happening for so long. Now, given the nature of what we've been 
facing in the world's largest economy in the U.S., your home country, is it possible that going forward we may have to rely more on alternative currencies, or do you see a trend developing where gold and silver might become a medium of exchange? You know, I don't give financial advice. I'm a trend forecaster. Of course, of course. Uh, so just to make that clear, the I just you know, as we're talking, and, and there's some breaking news that I think is a bit more important than, than what you were just talking about, and that is um, the, the Kardashian girl is um, having another incident over here, and I, I feel very emotional about it. You know, so of course it's um, it to me. I'm in gold, and I'm in gold primarily. I have eighty twenty gold to silver. And my first buy of gold, by the way, was in 1978 Jeez. at 187.50 an ounce. Well done. And I want to also make it clear, I also bought on the highest day when it collapsed <laughs> at 875 on January 21st, I believe it was, to 1980. But I'm saying this because it's very important. I remember what it felt like back then. It was a whole, it's just, this is totally different. Back in the 1980s, there was no globalization. China, they weren't buying anything. Russia, man, if there was the Soviet Union, everything east of Berlin was locked behind the Iron Curtain. It wasn't a global market. So to me, I'm in gold and silver because I look at what's going on. I mentioned to you I bought these buildings. On one of them, I got a 15-year mortgage locked in at 2.875%. That's lower than the rate of inflation. Jeez. If, when, once they stop printing all of this money, some $21 trillion, if you look at all the numbers and put them together, the Federal Reserve has dumped into the system to keep this thing alive. $21 trillion. So now we're hearing about tapering. Here's, here's my take on it. They're not going to be able to do tapering this year. And, and of course, this is only you know, my, my best forecast. The reason why... We just saw Obamacare. It's, being, it's forcing people now to go out and buy insurance. If you don't buy insurance, you're going to get fined. So what does that mean? Money's being sapped out of the consumer economy. Retail sales are already down. Holiday Christmas time's coming up. Holiday sales, they have to boost retail sales. They're not going to do it now. When they do it, I believe they're going to do it in the beginning of the new year. And by March, this whole thing should be collapsing big time because interest rates are going to go up and the economy is going to go down. The only reason there's any kind of real estate market in the U.S. is because of these record low interest rates. The only reason that anything is going on is because of the record low interest rates. So when interest rates go up, you're going to see the bond bubble burst. So I'm into gold, I'm into silver, and I'm into it for my golden years, particularly with gold. This is the kind of thing you, you trade. You know, I used to trade, and, you know, unless you're really on the inside, you have some great logarithms behind you, algorithms, excuse me, uh, you know, it, it's a rough shot. So I buy gold for possession. Well, I mean, you know what? When you think about it, it the bond the potential of a bond bubble is something that here in Canada is also affecting the way people invest. And ultimately, I think it's changing the mentality, but it's happening very slowly. Do you think that the rest of the world is now becoming more aware of things like bullion ownership or other hard assets in terms of uh, trends? Why ask me? Why don't you ask the Asians? They're, they bought for possession and increased over 53% in the last quarter. 
Look what they're trying to do over there in India. You know, the Indians, they like gold more than they like curry. And they can't get gold anymore because the government has now put on tax on top of tax. They're making it almost impossible to buy medallions or, bullet or coins. And, and why? Because the rupee's in the toilet, where it should be with all of these other emerging market currencies. The only reason the emerging markets are get, had gained any strength is because all of the hot money coming out of the United States and going into these countries. And now they're, the money flow is going is exactly the opposite it's pouring out of these countries look they're being forced to raise interest rates at a time when they're going into recession does that tell you what the future looks like over there so yes you're looking at thailand you're looking one after another demand for physical possession continues to increase particularly among the people that have been on the planet a pretty long time and know what the story is because they've seen it or heard it before. Well, this is, you know, you're, you're, you're certainly preaching to the choir here. We definitely believe exactly what you're saying is happening. And, I mean, if you look even within the Trends Journal at the article called Capitalism is Dead, I think that a lot of people are having to rethink the strategy that they once had within their portfolios and other things like that. But knowing you're not providing financial advice do you think that one of the trends that develop in, in also too with respect to the aging population is that we see more and more people change the attitude they have towards what is traditionally considered a good investment? Yes, because pick up the paper and pick up the day. You want to, oh, you want to look at the, the last one that just came out? Citigroup got fined, you know, $30 million for uh, insider trading information. Oh, oh you, why don't we go back to the LIBOR scandal? No, no, no. Why don't we go to the, to the latest one that's coming out now, their, their uh, currency scandal going on now, the Swiss are uh, looking into it. You know, they're, they're rigging this currency game. How much more proof do people need? Every day there's a new scandal going on, but the reason it doesn't make the big news and fades out right away is because the big guys never take a hit. And they reserve that for us, we the little people. So you've got guys like John Corzine. And, you know, from the head of MF Global, of former, course. former senator and, and governor of New Jersey, former head of the Goldman Sachs gang. What happened when Goldman Sachs came down? Look what the Commodities Future Trading Commission did. How about nothing? Oh, I wonder why. Oh, it couldn't be because of the guy, Gary Gensler, who's the head of the Commu Commodities Future Trading Commission. You know, he, was, he worked for the Goldman Sachs gang. Funny, when, when Corzine was there, you get it, everybody gets it. That's what I'm saying. So the people that are attuned, awake, and aware know the game is rigged and know it's one big Ponzi scheme. And you have a commander-in-chief in whatever country you're living in laying down the jive. Listen to Lagarde is her recent talk right. about the dangers that the Eurozone is still in. And then all of the, the I guess, the, the con lady talk about how things are going to improve. And she has the nerve to talk about what's going on in the United States and the strength and the rebound in this country. I'm over here. Who's she talking to? What am I, six years old? I know why there's a rebound over here, as I said, because of record low interest rates. End of story. There's no rebound. The people, the people have lost between 8 and 10% of their median household income since the, uh, since the panic of 08. It's below 1999 levels. 95% of the jobs being created. This is a fact. In the new year, in the U.S., 
are part-time jobs. There is no recovery. It's a cover-up. And then you're seeing more and more destabilization. You're seeing what's going on in Greece. This whole thing with the Golden Dawn. You know, I don't know what neo-Nazi group. If they're a neo-Nazi group, the government in charge is a neo-fascist group because the merger of state and corporate powers is fascism, and that's what's going on over there. But I'm pointing it because of the unrest, the unrest in Spain. There's unrest in Italy. Gangs are roaming Europe right now. You don't believe me? Go to CNBC, and even they're talking about it. So you're seeing destabilization and unrest and, you know, gold didn't get the safe haven recommendation, gold seal for nothing. And the people that say it's not a currency, yeah, what are they looking at the last, you know, 80 years? How about looking throughout civilization? It's always been a currency. It's always been the last means of, the last means of resort for doing any kind of exchange with gold. Gold, to me, is solid. It's not going to go away because Warren Buffett or Noriel Rabini don't like it. I, you know what? You couldn't have said it any. We couldn't have said it any better, Gerald. It's incredible. What is the best way for people to get a hold of Gerald Salente? Trendsjournal.com. Trendsjournal.com. You have the magazine. It's the only magazine on the on the face of the earth that where you can read history before it happens. What is the upcoming event? The next time somebody can see you, plug in, uh, see you on the web, where are you going to be in short order? Well, what they do is, uh, as a subscriber to the Trends Journal, we have Trends Journal TV. So every day, Monday through Friday, we do trends in the news, the real news, what's going on around the world without any political bias. I'm a, I'm a political atheist, and, and we have no hidden agenda. And by the way, as you well know, with the Trends Journal, count the advertisers. None. So we're not beholden to anyone. Gerald, it's Paul here. Uh, is it possible for you to stick around for a couple more minutes while we just do uh, commercials here in between? Sure. Lovely. Thank you. And more of The Real Money Show. The number to start investing, gold and silver, bullion, precious metals, one 214 1711 While you're on the website, take advantage of the Precious Metals Advisor subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. And continuing with our special guest here, Trendsetter Trends Analyst, he is uh, the guru of Gerald Salente. Welcome back, Gerald. Hey, thanks for having me back. Hey, Gerald, Darren here. I'm curious because we're coming up to a pretty important uh, date in the U.S. where the debt ceiling is going to be raised, I would assume. And I think, again, we're going to see yet another round of, well, in, in, in essence, printing. Uh, if it's not already terrible, it's going to get worse. Um, what is your expectation when this uh, date arrives? Well, they're going to have to raise the debt ceiling. And, you know, again... Look, look what's going on here in the States. Do you know that only 10% of the people have faith in Congress? 80, 87% don't. This is the D.C. drama queens and the Beltway Circle jerks. They're over their head in everything that they do. Anything that they do is going to end up in failure. Am I being sarcastic and being nasty? No, I'm speaking the facts because I will ask you this question. Whether it's going to war whether it's inventing a health care program, as they have now, whether, it, whether it's education, you tell me one thing that Washington has done successfully that has turned out to be, wow, what a great job they did, rather than, my God, another disaster. And that's what's going to happen with raising the debt ceiling. It's just going to make more worse, 
And again, where are they going to come up with the money? And the only way they're going to come up with the money is to print it. The more they print, the cheaper the value of the dollar. The cheaper the value of the dollar, the higher the price of gold. Right. And, and the only reason, by the way, you know, you haven't seen the euro decline more, is, is that it's everybody's in trouble. And, and so there, you know, it's, it's, the dollar should be a lot weaker than it is. But because there, there, there's no strength out there, there's really nothing to play against. So, for example, let's suppose the Germans still had the franc, or the Swiss did, and they didn't abandon it and go on to the euro. And that's why they did, because the Swiss franc was going through the roof. So they pegged it back to the euro. So you're looking at most of the countries in trouble now. As I mentioned you're seeing what's going on in the emerging markets. All of the hot money that went in there because of the, the tapering and the – not the tapering, the quantitative easing, that's now flowing back out. China, China's keeping their economy alive by juicing it with dough. And so once that juice stops – and they tried it, by the way, earlier this year, and as soon as it started to happen, you started to see their index cra indexes crash – Panic set in. They're all addicted to monetary methadone, and the monetary methadone does not cure the addiction. Well, you know what? That's uh, It's amazing how aligned our beliefs are, and again, we share those same beliefs. Last question for you, Gerald. You talk about globalization in the uh, the sense of the article that you had in the recent Trends Journal and how uh, a lot of what's happened revolves around multinationals condensing the smaller mom-and-pop businesses and things of that nature. What is the trend going forward in terms of that? Do we see a retracement in globalization at all because of a breakdown, in your opinion? Yes, it, but it, there's the two forces are fighting against each other. And by the way, you know, I've had a little epiphany on globalization, and you mentioned it when you talked about multinationalization, multinationals. I, I am now calling it multinationalization. That's what it is. The bigs are taking over everything. And, and is the backlash? Yeah, you're seeing the backlashes in countries in the Netherlands and in Greece and France, throughout the, in, in, in Spain. There are more and more people in, that are disillusioned with having one currency or having one Brussels government look over them. You're going to start seeing more and more uh, pushing and shoving coming, particularly from the lower ends. Look at the numbers. You're looking for, according to The Economist, for example, it's something like a quarter of all the youth either are unemployed or, 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 or at low levels of education. You know, these are young people. They have no future. So when all else is lost, you know, they take you to war. And the people are going to start getting out to the streets. That, by the way, is my greatest fear. And as you well know, that was the top trend of 2013 for us. That's right. War. And I'm concerned about war. And that's where I see them leading us. Because what we have in charge are the sociopaths and the psychopaths. Pick your country, and you'll be able to see them. You know, this is something that we talked about even when we met the first time in Vancouver, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about it. And I think it really is just a matter of time. Now, before you go, and I'll give you another chance to plug the Trends Journal, but 
what do you think in terms of uh, going forward? Do you think we see uh, for bullion prices, as it relates to our show, The Real Money Show, talking about gold and silver, do you feel strongly that we see much higher pricing in gold and silver? Oh, absolutely. I mean, do I know when? No. No, of course not. I, I could tell you this. I've already said it on the air to other people. I bought gold this month. Right. Well, again, that's something that we believe strongly and we think it's one way you can insure your portfolio. Do you have any thoughts before you go on what Canada is facing, in particular our country? Well, again, you know, as goes the U.S., so goes the world. You know, we're seeing it again with the emerging markets. The United. Look, re- read Christine Lagarde's latest piece. She, is, she keeps hitting on the United States to set the example for the rest of the world. Oh, here's the example for you. Print more cheap, crappy money and give it to all the, the criminals out there that call themselves bankers so they could do more Ponzi schemes. So I'm in gold for the long term. I don't buy it short term. And the best strategy that I've ever heard is that a friend of mine buys gold and silver every month. And when you think it out and you put it out long term, Boy, does it average out sweet. It does. And, you know, we encourage the same thing here. Gerald, I couldn't thank you more for the opportunity to speak with you today and share your thoughts with all of our listeners from Guildhall Wealth Management uh, here. We want to thank you in a big way. Again, how can our listeners get a hold of Gerald Salente? Trendsjournal.com, trendsjournal.com. And the uh, Trends Journal, we have a discount request page for anyone having a difficult time. We make it available to everyone who wants to read history before it happens. Excellent. Well, listen, Gerald, we look forward to seeing you uh, soon, hopefully, and having you back on the show at some point soon. Have a great, great day, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Fantastic. Thanks, Gerald. And the number, one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven guildhallwealthcom The only thing, Darren, I wish Gerald would have more passion when he speaks during an interview. I know. Doesn't he just lack Monetary passion? Monetary Prestitute. He's talking about me. I'm in media. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> well, listen, it's it's incredible to have oh, a man yeah. of his stature on the show. It gives uh, again a, a clear example of other people's thoughts, and we're not the only people saying this. So our listeners hopefully enjoyed that. We'll try to bring more of Gerald to you when we can, and other and people other like celebrities, him. Uh, That's that right. We're going to bring that you know understand these markets. The Real Money Show is about investing. It's about investing in hard assets like gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. At Guildhall, we only sell physical gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. We don't sell. We're not in the equities business. We don't sell ETFs or stocks We don't or, or uh, certificates. We don't sell futures or options and futures. We sell the physical product. You take a 100-ounce bar of silver, you drop it on the floor, it makes a clang. You take a $100 bill, you drop it on the floor, there is silence. You need to get into hard assets. You can buy gold and silver. You can buy it take it home for immediate delivery. Or the smart thing to do is to put it into a depository for us, which is safe, secure, insured, you can put in as little as 200 ounces, which is two 100-ounce bars, or you can put in 10-ounce bars. We have wafers. We have maple leaves. But you can get started for as little as $5,000 in the depository. If you want to go one step further and you lack a little bit of risk, you can go into collateralized financing where you can put up as little as 30% and finance 70%. But you need to get into hard assets. As Gerald said, he bought gold this month. Guess what? Today's only the fourth. So did I. Again, you want to remind everybody the importance of understanding that there are winners and losers. Along this path, although we've had our doors open since 2002, there has been a multitude of people who have made a ton of money. But with those people that have made a ton of money, there are some people who have lost along the way, depending on the strategy they're using. We want to remind people the importance of understanding 
how to invest, and that is never over invest, especially in with money you don't have to lose. Investments, all of them, no matter whether they're very low risk, high risk, and, and in between, this should be done with money that does not change your lifestyle. And that's the importance, especially when it comes to uh, investments like gold, silver. You want to make sure you're putting in money to the market that you can afford and that makes sense for you. And never, ever, under any circumstances, whether you own it outright or whether you use collateral financing, Never forget that metals is a long-term market. You'll be here for a long time if you want to be, but you should be thinking long-term no matter what. And Gerald said it. He just bought gold. He's buying all the time. Yeah, right. we have as well. Paul has. I mean, we've been buying this month. We bought this week on the dip, and so did a lot of clients. Congratulations to everybody that did call in, take the opportunity to buy at these lower prices. This is consolidation. I don't believe that the market is giving us a sign that we're going to have future weakness down to that 18 level in silver again. What I think is going to happen is that we're going to push towards 25, and there's going to be a jump-off point from there. Yeah, I think everyone is looking for that that sign from up above of when they're going to take that step and and start a position, whether they're looking for the Dow to eventually crash here or they're looking for gold to start its next big leg up. I think either way, you've got to start a position somehow. So it's always good to ladder in, get a little bit in there if you're new to the market. Obviously, if you've been in the market for a few years, you just continue to accumulate. But you don't want to wait till it's too late. You want to get in at some point. So it's okay to start small and build up and and add a little bit every every month as as you go along. So don't wait for the don't wait for the the sky to open and and to tell and wait for that sign. I think you need to just get in at some point. It's not a bad idea, you know, every month to put aside a little bit of money to put into gold and silver. We're happy to do that for you whether you want to put it in the depository, whether you want to take it home, or whether you want to just, you know, build up a little bit of capital and then make a purchase. But this is a great opportunity. Uh, the market right now, silver's trading at twenty-two dollars. Uh, gold is round about uh, thirteen ten. This is a great time to get into the market. As I said in my in the first segment, in my opinion, I think you're going to see silver move up to fifty-five, sixty dollars within the next twelve months, and I think you're going to see gold hit the twenty-one to twenty-two hundred dollar range. Whether it, you know, I'm not, I can't give you the day it's going to happen, but it's going to definitely happen, in my opinion. One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven and online at guildhallwealth.com. Catch previous shows, especially the one we just had with Gerald on iTunes in the future. Precious Metals Advisor. Free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. You should have that in your pocket as well. More of the Real Money Show and Diamonds coming up. And more of the Real Money Show. Before we get into Diamonds here, I want to remind you the numbers to start investing. one 877 and com. While you're there, and if you're listening to the show on iTunes, I want to remind you that coming hot off the heels of a very successful seminar in Markham, uh, coming up October 24th, uh, 24th, rather, the gang will be in Calgary, Alberta. It's going to be a Thursday the 24th from 7 to 9 p.m. The place is the Marquee Room at the Fairmont Palliser Hotel. So if you're listening in Calgary or across the country, you can make sure you can register online and uh, get into that seminar. Diamonds. So she's here, the queen of diamonds, and I think we have the king of diamonds today. Jeremy is uh, going to be talking diamonds here this <laughs> afternoon as well. What's going on, guys? Well, um, prices do continue to rise in um, in colored diamonds. One of the things we've been doing over the last week is uh, we've just been touching base, catching up with uh, a lot of our diamond clients and just noticing how much the prices have continued to rise and and. Prices are more and higher and higher for us to make the purchases, and uh, we notice that uh, clients are having to pay a lot more. So even in the last year, we've seen good hikes in pricing on uh, on yellow diamonds. Obviously, the t- the 
the Argyle tender uh, just occurred, and, and as as people start to get their bids in and, and we find out what the prices are like, I imagine prices on pink diamonds will also continue to rise. We're also seeing a lot of uh, higher-end jewelry firms start to brands get into the colored diamond sphere. Um, it's always interesting from our end, you know, Paul travels a lot, so it's always interesting to see what these high-end uh, jewelry companies sell uh, uh, colored diamonds for once you just put it into a, a little bit of jewelry. But uh, ultimately, they make great, great investments. I don't know anyone that hasn't purchased a colored diamond who feels so safe and secure by owning one of them. Of course, there's always concerns for for new for new investors coming in, making their first purchase. It's a lot like making that first purchase in real estate. You're really, really scared, and then you're really, really happy and relieved once once you're in. Well, buying diamonds is, is like any other investment. You're, you're buying, you know, a piece of security and asset. Now, at Guildhall Diamonds, first of all, we we belong to the NCDIA, which is the National Colored Diamond Association of America. Uh, to get into that association, you have to be top-notch. Uh, they throw more people out than bring people in, let's right. put it that way. It's a very small, clicky uh, organization, and you've only got top-notch companies in do, in that. Every diamond that we sell at Guildhall Diamonds comes with a GIA certification. That's the grading report of the diamond. It tells you every single thing about the diamond. Uh, Nicole, uh, my daughter, I'm very proud of, she is a diamond grading uh, graduate from, in, from GIA. We also give an independent appraisal. Now, the appraisal is very important. It's not a retail appraisal. It's an appraisal for if the diamond is stolen or lost, and it gives you an idea of the value of the diamond. We don't sell at retail. We don't have a retail store. Um, so the, GI, the, the appraisal is just there to give you an idea. So let's give you a quick idea. We sold a diamond this week. Uh, we actually sent out uh, a memo on it to our clients, to a few of our clients anyway. The diamond was a .26 fancy blue, mm. internally flawless. It was only a small, beautiful round diamond, 0.26. Uh, it was appraised at over 63000 um, and it sold uh, very, very quickly um, within two days. All of the diamonds that we have, I handpick. The diamonds have to meet my criteria, and Nicole, why didn't you tell what our criteria is when we're buying and selling diamonds. Sure. Uh, Guildhall color diamond means it's the absolute best of the best. So it has to have the most saturated color. We only purchase fancy, intense, and vivid diamonds, which are the top three grades when you're looking at investments. So it has to have beautiful, beautiful color. And the way Paul buys diamonds, which we're all very proud of, he'll, he'll buy fancies that look like intenses, intenses that look like vivids. And the reason for this is you get more bang for your buck, mm. if you will. So you're going to do better on your investment. We look for the best cuts, so it has to have the best symmetry. Uh, the cut also brings out the color. So we're looking for very, very good cut grades. And then it has to have the highest clarity grades. So there are minimum clarity grades for each color, and we always buy the top clarity grades. And then there's the carat weight. Again, there's minimum investments minimum carat weights that you need for investment. Now, the thing I wanted to just talk to a little bit about is what Jeremy was mentioning, how this is a, a, a fairly new investment for most people. And because it's fairly new, it's been a very well-kept secret amongst savvy investors for, for years, centuries even. And the thing is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. I was just talking to a young girl at a coffee shop this week. She's looking to get engaged, and she went with her boyfriend to a local jewelry store, and the geologist there 
was telling them that white diamonds are investments. Mm. Now, in most cases, particularly in a jewelry store, the, the color grade will be fairly low. I mean, it depends on your budget, of course. But white diamonds in general are not investments. Um, you'll you'll also find on the on the web um, SI diamonds, which is slightly included or included diamonds. That is absolutely one hundred percent not an investment, as an example. So there's a lot of misinformation out there at Guildhall. We really aim to educate our clients, inform our clients. We spend a lot of time with our clients, answering questions and really putting them on the right path, explaining the GIA grading report and you know, really helping you to understand this investment so that you know what you're doing, how long you should hold the diamond, what to do when you're ready to sell the diamond, and really understand what you're doing with this investment. And I think one of the big concerns if you're new to buying a colored diamond and you're new to this market is because there is a lot of misinformation, because even though it seems pretty simple, you still have to know what you're looking for, that there's so many ways to, to get caught off guard or to get off the to get onto the wrong path in terms of what you're purchasing. And I think what, what our clients have found is that because we only sell of a certain quality, of a really certain high quality, that you're not, well, they sell an SI and an IF. Well, how do I know that IF is also a good diamond just because it says IF? Um, so there, there's a lot of trappings in, 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 the, in the business. Because we own all of our diamonds, we're, there's no bait and switch. We're proud of it. We put skin in the game. I own colored diamonds. Nicole does. Obviously, Paul does. And I think by only having that high quality to choose from, I think it gives a lot of comfort to our clients. And that's certainly what they found over the years. Yeah, our clients have really become a network of connoisseurs of collectors. Many, many of our clients, they don't just own one diamond. They start off with one and then they own multiple. For instance, the gentleman who purchased the the blue, which was my favorite, mm-hmm. um, he is now a collector. He owns several diamonds and that fits in beautifully to his collection. And that's one of the other things we help our clients with is to make a systematic collection that's really going to do very, very well for a client. So if they already have some pinks and yellows, we'll put a blue green in and make sure that it's a very well-rounded collection so that they know 10, 20 years, or even passing it down to their children, they're going to do extremely well. The exciting thing is that if you're looking to, for me anyway, if you're looking to retire, you're looking to put your kids through you know, university, um, you know, I have a couple of grandkids, they both own diamonds, they both own gold and silver. Uh, it, to me, it's important, it's hard assets, and it's going to be worth something down the road. Natural fancy colored diamonds tend to double every four to five years in price, it all depends the type of diamond you buy. If you buy over a one carat yellow, yes, and it's a vivid, it's going to go up maybe as high as 20% a year. If you buy an argyle pink, uh, this a VS quality, it could tend to double within, you know, three years. Hmm. Blues right now are doubling every two years, and reds are actually virtually impossible to find, and they're doubling every year. Now, it's not for everybody. Not everybody has the budget to buy a one carat red for $2 million. <laughs> right. But we start off with a fancy IF around about $12,000 in a yellow, which is a stone that's worth 20000 dollars And people need to also understand, not only is this a beautiful asset, it's something that they're definitely, each one is, a, is really a little piece of art, but there's true fundamentals to this investment. There's the supply and demand situation, so there's very limited supply left. Mines are closing down. The Argyle mine, which produces 90% of the world's pink diamonds, which is only one-tenth of 1% of a year's production, wow. it's very, very small. They're closing in 2020, so there's not a lot of new mines coming on board, and there's global investor demand. That's that's just constantly growing, particularly with emerging economies. So 
more and more people are collecting them. Investors are just keeping them and collectors to the back of their their safes. They're, they're not bringing them out anymore to and sell them on the, the pink open market. Going into auction, the sixty carat pink. I saw that on TV. It's like a hard boiled egg. That thing. <laughs> yes, I saw that on TV star. the other night. Yeah. This is, this is a true. Um, piece of history. This yep. is going to be an all-time record breaker. They're, the pre-estimate for this diamond is $60, 60 million. million. It's 60, just over 60 carats. And oh. uh, this this is going to be an unbelievable auction. I think it's going to go for a lot more. But the reason that we talk about auctions is because it really dictates the value and shows what's going on in the investor side of the, the uh, diamond market. And and just to add to what uh, you were saying, Nicole, about supply and demand, I just want to prove sort of a case in point. Um, a couple of years ago, we were at the JCK show um, in Las Vegas, and there was a plethora of colored diamonds. There's lots of colored diamonds. They're not all made equal, of course. Out of the entire show, which was the size of the, tr- the just the colored diamond section alone was the size of the Toronto Convention Center. Mm. So there was lots of colored diamonds, but we only found two vivids that that met our criteria that entire show and that just goes to show you how what a diamond in the rough as it were that, of how difficult it is to find the type of quality that that we pursue and one one of the things that i'm most proud of is not just our, our stunning collection of diamonds is the way we price the diamonds we're really really fair we're not a jewelry store so we don't have to pay for you know the the security guard there the lighting the fixtures the the staff at a store so we really pass on those savings to clients and the reason that we're so committed to our price and and fair market pricing is because we need you to do well in your investment what is the point of overcharging double the price and then it's going to take you double the amount of time to see your return we need you to see a return and it's it's the most pleasurable part of my job is getting Getting the diamonds reappraised for our clients and I get them reappraised and I'm constantly I tell my clients this all the time I'm constantly sending out letters congratulations your diamond has gone up oh well done your diamond has gone up and it's so rewarding every time any one of us in the office sell someone uh, a diamond we feel so good because we know they're walking out of our office truly with an investment that they're going to make money and that is just the most amazing part of our job and all of our clients do well and we're very very proud of it and Congratulations to all of our clients, by the way. Yeah, I think ultimately people are looking for an investment that they can be proud of, an investment that they don't have to worry about at night. Um, Nothing to watch, no stock market to watch. Exactly. And if and if this is if you're looking if you like investments that you're happy to sit on, like GICs or real estate, where you're you're willing to give that five ten years, then I think looking at a colored diamond is definitely something to consider. You can give us a call. We can set up a meeting with Nicole. She can educate you on on the market, and we can walk you through what this market's all about. And and the other really nice thing about it is you have something so beautiful. Some people just want to store their diamond, put it in a safety deposit box or at home, wherever you're comfortable with. But what a beautiful thing that you can put it into a custom piece of jewelry and enjoy it and wear it, you know, have it for several, several years, decades, whatnot, and pass it on or just enjoy it. If it feels like the right thing for you right now, there's a number to call. That is 1-877-214-1711 and online at guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, take advantage of the Precious Metals Advisor free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Reminder, once again, if you're catching the show on iTunes, the next seminar, October 24th, Calgary, Alberta, the place, well, 7 to 9 p.m., the place will be in the marquee room at the Fairmont Palliser Hotel in Calgary. Uh, more details at guildhallwealth.com. If you're in that area, sign up for it. Get in there before all the tickets are gone. Call that number. Start 
start investing, get your future happening in gold and silver bullion and fancy colored diamonds. And thanks again to Gerald Salente of TrendsResearch.com. Check out the website. He is the guru of investing. He's a forecaster. Listen to what he says. Catch the show on iTunes that we uh, just had this week. And we'll have him back on the show again very shortly. This is The Real Money Show.